You're listening to the Jisco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt, from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbride. podcast where we're talking about bicycles just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from bicycling across the nation, and we're going to be joined by guests each week that want to talk about the social side of bicycling. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Yep, bikes always make you smile, even if it's raining outside. It's been kind of a kind of a wet fall so far, um, we, but still we, seeing people out there biking. We haven't seen rain in like weeks, so this is uh, this is weird stuff falling from the sky. I'm not used to this. Yeah, and it's making those leaves come down. So if you're out on the road and you got wet leaves, um, really kind of slick out there. So definitely be careful. A little tougher to see people. Um, the days are getting shorter, so make sure you're you're out there. You know, lit up lit up pretty good, uh, especially if you're riding. You know, after say seven o'clock at night, because. Oh, when you do that afternoon ride or, or early evening ride, that day is a little bit shorter than it used to be. So make sure, you know, be safe out there for sure. So I went and watched, watched the Hawks win this weekend and, and uh, rode to the tailgate. I always ride to the tailgates because that's the easiest way to get around on game day in Iowa City. And so this week I had to load up and put my fenders on the, the fat tire bikes. Ooh. So I... And, and I was still pretty soaked by the time I, I got over, um, and uh, that, that's okay. Everybody was. There wasn't anybody that, that was missing out on that, uh, that little bit of rain that we had uh, on Saturday. Hmm. But it's still fun, and, and like you said, you've got you to gotta think a little bit differently when it's a little wet and dreary out. So, you know, I was running lights during the daytime just because the visibility wasn't, wasn't super great, and, hmm. and makes a big difference. See a few other people out there biking to the game? Not as many this week. In fact, there weren't a lot. It's an early early start game, 11 o'clock game, so it was a little earlier start uh, to it, and, and just wasn't as many people out walking around. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if a lot of people were taking cabs or Uber or what it was, uh, but it just wasn't the same crowd. Usually it's bikes all over the place. Boy, the guys that sell tickets, they love bikes because you mm-hmm. cover a lot of ground. Sure. And uh, yeah, that's why that's the other reason I, I do because I don't have my own tailgate. I just go and uh, hit a couple of friends and we'll see Bill from Bill's Pizza and we'll go over to uh, uh, some college buddies and you can cover a lot of ground on a bike, yeah. which is cool. I think that's kind of the MO of the law enforcement officers that are on bicycles and cover a lot of ground. They're kind of stealth like, <laughs> if you will, um, kind of sneak up on those unsuspecting co-eds that are, you know, walking along the way with a, with a case of beer or whatever. But um, but you definitely can cover ground. You can get places um, where certainly a car cannot get during a, a tailgate day. Cool. Yeah. Hey. What are what? you working on? Rag has got to be focusing forward right now, don't you? Yeah, we're just starting to toy around with some things. We've got our logo coming out just oh in about two weeks, so that always kind of oh it signifies that we're getting close to that route. And October twentieth is the date that we're going to put that out. So all of a sudden, you got November, December, January. You got three months later, you got the route coming out right about the time that we do the Iowa Bike Expo. Have, have I seen some previews on that? Yeah. Are you guys sneaking some parts of that? Well, out? Andrea Parrott, 
has been working on just just a couple of teases, you know, just seeing yeah. if someone can guess where we're coming from. And so far, it's it's real tough. I mean, if you can if you can guess that, that would be like one letter out there on Wheel of Fortune when when it's like a fourteen sentence you know phrase, um, impossible right now. But pretty soon there'll be a few more pieces of the puzzle that she'll lay out there and who knows you might be able to get a little jump on it and see what what the logo will be for this year we we think it's really cool and um you know you'll have to wait and see till october 20th unless you can guess it in advance cool cool um we have some other dates coming up so october 20th logo Mm mm-hmm uh, November 15th, your registration opens, right? Yeah, ragbri.com. If you're looking to do a full week or day of ragbri, registration will open up. A lot of people jump on that early day just to get all their ducks in a row. A lot of people do it during Thanksgiving and you know during Christmas time, et cetera. But there will be thousands of people on November 15th waiting at midnight to be one of the first to register for ragbri. And this is the 46th edition of ragbri. Obviously, we don't put the rat out till till mid January, but registration opens up November fifteenth for all that are concerned. So another, uh, so register early and register often, right? Oh, you can you could register as many times as you want, right? Well, you can register in as many days of Ragbri, but just one <laughs> registration per person, and that's all we okay. can. That's all we can take. All right. Um, we added another event to the calendar, November second. We're going to do another People for Bikes draft. Cool. Um, this one sounds like it's going to be at Single Speed Brewery in uh, Waterloo. I heard that place which, is really cool. Oh, it is. I, I've been there once now and, and said we have to come back here. It's in an old hostess plant, and they reuse parts of the uh, assembly process when they bake bread there. Um, hmm. I remember going there as a little kid. You know, you got the factory tour of where they made bread, and they give you a little, little tiny uh, loaf of hostess bread about the size of your hand. And uh, anyhow, so it's really cool going back there, and it's a really neat-looking building, really a bike-forward building. They have an overhead door just for you to bring your bike in. I cool. That was pretty cool. Did they make Twinkies um, there so, at one point at Hostess? Or? I don't think so. I think that was just— Ring dings? Well, I could be— uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, let's let's go up on November 2nd and find <laughs> out. Uh, so I know uh, People for Bikes has just put out a call for speakers on that, so if you know anybody that's— in the bike business and wants to talk about what they do uh we'd really like to have them there at uh, at draft yeah um and uh if you're if you're interested um there's a uh eventbrite uh, registration page that you can register to attend um lander said we uh lander from people for bikes said we got more engagement on the twitter post on our call for speakers than they've had for any other draft events so you're not I surprised. Got it going on. You're not surprised again. by that. No. 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 Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. That date, right after that, I think we head south down to St. Pete Beach because the Bicycle Tour Network hosts the National Bicycle Tourism Conference. I know both of us are on the national board of directors for that organization. And 
basically it's a bunch of like-minded people that put on events or or cycling as a destination for their organization and pretty much coming together sharing ideas stealing ideas if you will uh, we see some some good buddies that we see year and year out from from all the different you know major rides throughout the country but it's just a great gathering look really looking forward to it again this year i know st pete was holding their breath to see if they were going to get get hit by hurricane irma fortunate for them the hurricane uh, chose a different destination so um but there's people that are looking perhaps to start a ride up in the future i mean we get calls all the time how do i start a ride it's a great opportunity you just go to bike toward network.org and there will mm-hmm. be lots of information about that conference you know it's really tough and and we're in such a nice place st pete beach florida but you know it's a great conference you spend your whole time inside you don't even go out to that beach you know we got to work pretty hard during that so Mm. just uh just because it's in a nice location doesn't necessarily mean that uh we actually get to enjoy it this is a podcast so you can't see the wink that i'm doing really (laughs) either can you uh it's got one of my favorite bars of all time the postcard inn right behind there Uh there's a there's a nice little beach bar there um no shoes, no shirt, no problem. You know, that's the, the attitude. You can bring your dog, whatever. I mean, it just it just feels like a beach bar. And looking forward to, uh, you know, maybe having a cold one with you, Mark, while we're over there. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. we uh, we should record from the Postcard Inn, live from the Postcard Inn. I think that would be pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> I bet we can have a lot of fun there. Well, yeah. well, cool. Well, I know we got an sh- uh, interview today from from Murph, who's doing her mm-hmm. first interview, if you will, for the podcast. And another familiar person she's bringing on in the show, Scott Garner. You know anything about those oh, two people? It's like Boxing Day. They're taking over the podcast, aren't they? <laughs> Both the number twos. Jeez. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll give them we'll give them the mic and um, see what they can come up with. I have no idea what they're talking about. I I, I shudder to think what they're scheming um, behind the microphone, but I guess we'll sign we'll we'll find out pretty soon. All right, let's get on with the show. Well, hello there, Just Go Bike podcast listeners. This is Kathy Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. I'm here today with Mr. Scott Garner. Hello, Scott, and thanks for being on the podcast. Hello, Kathy. Thanks for inviting me. You bet. So a little background here. The Just Go Bike hosts, TJ and Mark, are not just podcasters. Mark Wyatt is my awesome boss at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, and TJ Jeskowitz, Jeskowitz, I knew I'd say it wrong. TJ Jeskowitz is Scott's wonderful boss at Ragbri. So we all meet regularly at various events. We were all at Interbike not too long ago, and we work on various projects together. And Scott and I are known as the number twos. So I'm Mark's number two, and Scott, you're TJ's number two. And we could probably insert a bad toilet joke right now, but eh, let's not do that. So, so let's get started. Love that. You'd love that? Yeah, we're above that. <laughs> we are above that. So let's get started. <laughs> so Scott, Mr. Number Two, uh, tell us about your title at RAGBRAI and maybe some of the job responsibilities you have. Okay, so my official title is Assistant RAGBRAI Director. Uh, TJ, uh, his official title is RAGBRAI Director. So he and I work together um, to basically plan, plan RAGBRAI. Um, he and I plan the route. And then once the route is announced, um, we meet with the towns regularly. Uh, we are in each town 
uh, every other week, basically, uh, helping them get organized um, and get get everything planned and, and ready for RAGBRAI when it comes. So starting soon after the route announcement, we hit the road. Uh, we're gone every uh, for two days every week meeting with the towns um, and just helping them get ready. Uh, that's a lot of the that's a lot of the work because most of what you see on Ragbri when you go on Ragbri is a result of what the town committees have done. Uh, they recruit all the volunteers, they coordinate all of the events, all of the entertainment, all the food vending, um, all the way down to to making sure there's enough porta pots and showers available. So the towns need a lot of help in in planning all of that. So that's where TJ and I come in. Um, we share a lot of our experiences and, and what we've learned in the past and. Each each year we learn something new, so we can pass that along to the towns. Um, in addition to that, some of my other duties, I just take care of a lot of little stuff, um, things like, you know, the wristbands that we have. Uh, I order those. Uh, I reserve all of the rental cars that we use for the week. Just a lot of those little logistic things um, I take care of as well, so so things run as smooth as possible during the week of Ragbury. So if there's actually people out there listening to this podcast that don't know what RAGBRAI is, it's basically a seven-day bicycle ride across the state of Iowa. And how come you don't have the same towns every single year? Well, Iowa's a big state, and we love showing off the towns of Iowa. We love showing folks who are not from here um, what, the, what the towns of Iowa are like. And it, it would be boring if we went to, to visit the same towns every year. Um, they, I mean, they would probably welcome us, but um, we like to vary it, um, mix it up a little bit. So we do vary the route uh, every year, and we get a, a new set of uh, overnight towns and pass-through towns each year. Um, when the town is finished, we, we always do a wrap-up meeting at the end uh, to meet with the town to, to see how things went. And most of the time, they always say, uh, you know, they'll say, yeah, we'd love to host RAGBRAG in, just not next year. Because right. it takes a lot of it takes a lot of work to, to, to host RAGBRAI. Um, the towns, they'll put together 20, 20, there's 20 different committees that they'll put together to, to plan and pull off RAGBRAI, and that takes a lot of a lot of effort from the towns, and so they love doing it, but uh, I don't think they would be interested in doing it every year. But we have to vary it. Yeah, and I'm somebody, I've been doing RAGBRAI uh, on my bicycle since 1996, so I think that's, what, 22... I think 22 rag brides. So I see the opposite end of what you see. And I agree with you. It would be, it would be very boring if it went through the same towns every year. And it's always exciting to find out where the towns are going to be, even though I'm going to do the ride no matter where rag is going. But it is pretty exciting. Um, although you get to know way before the rest of us, don't you? I, I do know in advance, yes, um, before, before it gets announced. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. So, so are there any good perks to being number two? Um, oh yeah, I love my job. Um, sometimes I, I, I just sit back and think how, how did I get here? Um, how lucky was I to get this job? Um, and and I have to convince others that it is an actual real job, full time <laughs> job. Um, my, my wife still isn't convinced. I've been um, on my fifth year, and she's still not convinced. It's a full time. Uh, year-round job, but um, yeah, when I tell people, it's uh, they're like, "Wow, wh- you know, what do you do the other 52 weeks of the year? It's, isn't it just a you know one-week job?" And it's not. And and um, but I I enjoy it because I I had ridden Ragbri several times. I think I got 15 Ragbris under my belt before I took this job. So 
like you, I'd seen it from the writer perspective and, mm-hmm. you know, loved the event and obviously came back several times because I enjoyed doing it. And, and now I get to see the other side. I get to see the behind the scenes. Um, it really opened my eyes as to what, what all needs to happen in order for Ragbri to, to go off without a hitch. And um, it's neat being on the other side because, again, I get to see behind-the-scenes stuff. And, and all the people that I meet and work with, the towns, um, some of them, I mean, we just we maintain contact. They're friends now um, just because it's such an intense six months that we spend with them. Um, we get to know them very well. Um, we share a lot of uh, a lot of frustrations and, and a lot of victories along the way, and and so it's it's neat to get to know them, and and uh, it's people that I wouldn't normally interact with um, on a regular basis, and so it's uh, I, I, it kind of opened my eyes to some of that uh, some of that kind of stuff. Sure, and from being in my position as number two at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition, I've had the great opportunity to meet all of you guys that work at Ragbri, and. It's a whole different perspective for me, too. You know, just like what you said, you have to communicate with these people and meet with them six months in advance of this ride. So, you know, when I'm on Ragbri, I just show up with my bike and my camping gear, and you you don't think about all the prep work that has gone into it. So hats off to you guys. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a labor of love. I mean, we we enjoy doing it. TJ and I both love doing it. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it, it, we both love our jobs. Um, and in particular is number two, um, I'm, I'm behind the scenes. Uh, so I'm always, uh, my name's never in the papers. So I'm, I'm kind of in the background, which is what I prefer. Sure. Um, a lot of times folks don't even know I exist except for the town committees. Uh, you know, everybody knows TJ. Um, but you ask them who Scott is, and they don't know, and I'm perfectly fine with that. That means I don't have to do interviews, and, <laughs> and I can just stay behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I can say the same about that with the interviewing stuff. <laughs> so uh, an earlier podcast, I think it was um, very recent, TJ and Mark talked about how the route is decided each year. So what is your specific role in deciding the route? Yeah, um, we, we are working on that now. People ask all the time. Um, a lot of people think that we've got two or three years already planned out, and that's not true at all. Um, we are just working on, on this year. And uh, so basically my role is TJ will come up with the towns, um, and he'll, he'll – because um, he works with the towns, and um, the, the towns apply to, to be uh, an overnight town. And so he'll, he'll do that part of it, and then he'll show me uh, kind of the route and say, well, here's what I'm thinking, and then I get to critique it. Um, I've, I've questioned a couple of his choices, but he, but we've always come to an agreement that, yeah, it'll work. Um, but after that, then we actually go out and drive the route for the first time. Um, totally under the radar. Uh, neither one of us have any RAGBRAI gear on. Um, we drive the in nondescript, uh, RAGBRAI vehicle, so nobody knows who we are. And we just go out and drive the route and, and things that I look at. Um, initially, we'll we'll go to the start town and we'll look at expo uh, um, spots for potential spots for the expo. Okay. And I'll look at the area and you know how is there room? How would an expo lay out? How would that incorporate with with what the town would want to do as far as you know they'll do a beverage garden and a, and a stage and and all of the all of the things the food vending that they'll have in place. Um, and then how can I incorporate in the Ragbri Expo into that? Um, hopefully at the same location. And so we'll, we'll just drive around if they've got a downtown square, like Orange City, for instance. We drove to Orange City, and we drove around the square. 
um, kind of scoping it out. How wide are the roads? Are they flat? And you know what what kind of scenery is there, and how would it how would the expo lay out there? And then we drive to to potential locations for campgrounds, and we look at you know would this work for a main campground? Where would the baggage baggage trucks be? Things like that. So we're just kind of driving around and checking out the town, the layout of the town, and and seeing if it would be able to uh, to support Ragbri okay. And and again, I I look at particulars like uh, like campgrounds. We'll drive around and how much how much green space is there in in the town campable flat green space i look at that and and um and then some of the other infrastructure uh, again where you know where's where would be a good place for them to put their food vending and beverage garden and stuff like that so so many you just drive around and look at the towns and, and go ahead so many more moving parts than just people on bicycles there is i mean there there's a lot um because every every the and i always talk about the infrastructure but there's some basics that that have to be in place when when you go to a town and spend the night for Ragbri, you, you need a place to sleep, you need a place to shower, you need something to eat, you want to be entertained, and you need to be get around the town. And so um, we look at all of that ahead of time to see, um, you know, if they've got if they've got five good areas for camping, how far away are they from, say, the downtown area where where the food vending and, and beverage garden and stage might be, or maybe they'll like the town of Spencer. Um, we were at the, all at the fairgrounds, and, and ultimately it's the choice of the town as to where, where that stuff will be. Um, Spencer could have, could have had it at the fairgrounds, or they could have used their downtown area. Um, it just depends on, on which part of town they want to showcase, because sure. everybody's coming to town, and that's what they're going to see. So it just depends on what the town wants to showcase. Um, they get the ultimate decision, but, but again, we, we provide input and, and um, give them our take on it. And then it's up to them to decide how they want to lay that out. Wow. It's just hard to imagine all the work that you guys put in. <laughs> so then you get to, you get to actual RAGBRAI. I think we were up, we're up to RAGBRAI 46 will be happening in 2018. And a typical day, well, a typical day of RAGBRAI for me is to get on my bike and ride. And I usually run into Andrea, your coworker, at some point, and I run into TJ along the route. I rarely run into you. So what's a typical day of RAGBRAI for you? Well, just just because you don't see me doesn't mean I'm 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 not working. So, because um, <laughs> I could be accused of, of napping all day, and that's definitely I've, not the case. I've never accused you of that. <laughs> <laughs> my my day starts pretty early. Um, depending on where I spent the night, I'll get up and and drive to the to the next overnight town. So the next town where you are riding your bike to, uh, that's where I spend my day. So I usually get to town uh, between six and seven a.m. And my initial role is to get uh, some of the some of the infrastructure in place. So I initially work in there in the downtown area where the town is setting up their food vending, um, and I'm there to help troubleshoot, uh, answer questions, uh, figure things out. Things don't always go according to plan. There's usually hiccups along the way where you know a particular food vendor might show up and take up more space than what they originally planned, and so we have to shift things around. Even though the town coordinates all of the food vending, um, I help with some of that day of because it's for a lot of these volunteers, it's their first time handling something sure. like this. And now, now that I've done it a few years, I can help them work through some of those issues. Um, my role also is to help. We have uh, bike shops that that travel the week, and we have the demos. I call them the the demos that, that travel the week. So, like uh, Bianchi and Jamis and Specialized, they 
travel to each overnight town and they'll set up demo bikes. And so I help plan uh, where they're going and where the bike shop, the merchandise component, where that sets up in the downtown area. So I get them set uh, first thing in the morning, and that usually takes a couple hours. Um, and then the other piece of it is is our main campground. Um, Ragbri always has the town identify one of the campgrounds as the main campground, and that's where we have a lot of our uh, Ragbri infrastructure there, and it's the where the baggage trucks go. We always have a, one of our merchandise trailers set at the main campground. Um, and so I make sure that that all gets placed. Our baggage trucks leave uh, the previous town. Uh, one leaves at 7 and one leaves at 8. And so they're usually showing up around 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. So I help with the help of uh, Jack Stuby. He's kind of my logistics coordinator guy. He's, he's, he's my right-hand man during the week. Um, he works with the baggage trucks and get them set and unloaded. And if all goes as planned, that's a very smooth process. But as you can imagine, having a, a large um, semi-trailer pulling into the Ragbright town, and if there's a lot of traffic and if there happens to be some vehicles parked where they weren't supposed to be, um, it can it can kind of be a head-scratcher how to get those 18-wheelers in and the baggage unloaded and roped off so that uh, cyclists can find their bag in, in camp for the night. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and we have to, we have to adjust along the way. But... Um, then the rest of my day is, is just kind of spent answering questions and sure. and handling issues as they come up. And then doing it all over again the next day and the next day and the next. <laughs> In a different town. <laughs> I do. Yeah. In a different town. So it's, it is, it's different. I mean, I do the same things, but it's always different in each town. Sure. You have a different setup. You have a different group of people that you're working with. Um, you have different weather. I mean, it might be pouring down rain. It mm-hmm. might be 120 in the shade. So... There's just a lot of variables there, so each day turns out to be different, even though you're you're along the ride for the same week. Any uh, crazy or fun things you've seen along the route in your years of working? Well, my if all goes as planned, my ragbri week is pretty boring um, because I I'm in the overnight town. I miss out on all of the zaniness that zaniness that happens out on the out on the route. Sure. Um, so I I mean I I see some things in town, but you know, ragbri riders, they act kind of crazy out on the bike, and that's where they may let loose a little bit. But when they get into the overnight town, it's a little more subdued. Um, so it's the, I don't, I don't really see a lot. Am I, um, the things that, unfortunately, the things that stick out in my mind mostly are when I'm, when I'm getting yelled at by somebody. People, <laughs> people get, get upset for the, for the silliest things. And, and, my temperament is that I, I can listen and I can, you know, I can kind of empathize with them, but, but usually it's, um, well, dude, I'm, I understand you're really upset right now, but let's take a step back and you're, you're kind of upset for something that you really don't need to be upset right. about. And you're, you're on vacation and maybe you just need to lighten up a little bit. Right. So it's, uh, it can get interesting. I, I, I those are, those are kind of the moments that I remember most. Sure. Sure. And I know, I know of other things that you're part of besides RAGBRAI, but um, tell the listeners other meetings, groups, or rides that you are part of. Yeah. Um, we, one thing that I've been a part of for several years, and, and TJ kind of mentioned it in the, in the podcast the other day, is the Dream Team. It's something that I've been closely linked to for several years. I started with them in, in uh, 2002 was the first year. Yeah, 2002 was the first year I rode with them. Um, and right now my role is as a, as one of the leadership group. I don't ride with the team anymore. Uh, I don't train with them, but still heavily involved. Um, the dream team is a, is a group of 
of, of young adults, teenagers, high school age kids that um, the, the Des Moines Register, RAGBRAI, and the YMCA uh, sponsor uh, to ride RAGBRAI. So what we do is recruit youth in the Des Moines area, um, train them for RAGBRAI. We have a training uh, regimen set up that by, by the time they are riding on RAGBRAI, uh, all of them have at least 1,000 miles. Some of them get wow. 1,200 miles training in. So they're, they're pretty well prepared. Um, and uh, the program pays for everything. It furnishes all the furnishes the bike and the clothing and helmet, and water bottles, and uh, when they go on training rides, uh, feeds them um, on the, all the training rides. So it doesn't cost the families anything uh, to have their youngster participate in RAGBRAI, and then we take them on RAGBRAI. The fees are all paid for. They get food money each day. Um, and so uh, at the end of the week, then, if they've completed RAGBRAI, uh, all the miles on RAGBRAI, then the, their goal is that they get to keep the bike that they've used for training. Oh, wow. Um, and for, for a lot of the youth, it's, uh, you know, it's the first bike they've had. A lot of, some of them might have, you know, little dirt bikes or, you know, little bikes that they've ridden around the block. But this is a, I mean, we get the bikes from Bike World. Uh, they're Trek hybrid bikes, really nice entry-level bikes, um, perfect for a, for a 15-year-old to ride, ride RAGBRAI with. And, they get to take the bike home, and so it, that's, that's kind of neat. And it's just, I mean, you're, we're talking about young teenagers at a time when, when they're going through a lot of life changes, and some of them might have um, difficulties at home, and, and we get to see them grow and mature, and a lot of them come back year after year. Um, so it's neat, to, it's neat to meet the kids and work with them uh, for, that, for that time period and then see them grow and mature. We we take youth from 13 to basically 18 years old. Uh, once they've graduated high school, then they're no longer eligible for the for the program. But um, I've been working with them for several years, and they're going strong. And, and a lot of uh, RAGBRAI riders will recognize the Dream Team. They see them out on the route. Um, you don't see many teenagers on RAGBRAI. It is, right. it is mostly an adult activity. So when you see a group of teenagers, it's it's usually going to be the Dream Team that are out there. So um, that's something that, that I've enjoyed working with. That's great. So the big question that everybody, you know, everybody goes on RAGBRAI, they love to eat pie. There's always great homemade pie. What's your favorite pie? Um, my favorite is strawberry rhubarb. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, and it has to be strawberry rhubarb. It's, uh, I've tried just rhubarb, and it's not the same, and strawberry is too plain. So it's got to be strawberry rhubarb. I mentioned that to um, one of the, the pass-through towns, uh, committees. TJ and I meet with the pass-through towns, and then we um, we meet with them in advance of, of RAGBRAI and do some planning ahead of time, and she found out uh, that was my favorite, and so she planted rhubarb in her backyard and had <laughs> strawberry rhubarb pie for me. Oh, <laughs> yum. <laughs> for one of our meetings, so that, that's another perk. <laughs> that is awesome. So now everybody yeah. knows. Everybody knows Scott Garner likes strawberry rhubarb pie. We'll, yes. see, we'll see where that gets us in 2018. You, you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Scott, for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I, I, love, I love my job. I love talking about it, so I, I appreciate the opportunity. Excellent. Well, listeners, I'm going to leave you with a quote from the unwritten book of morphology, and this quote comes from another, 